I think that there are a lot of people like me, especially in finance. Um, and I, I, I hope that, um, you know, my story can, can help others, um, can just show others that it's possible. Like if you, if you work hard at it, you're, you're, you're going to do fine. The demand for developers is so huge. I'm here to help um, anyone else and anyone else who wants to go through that same career transition. Hi there. Welcome back to Work in Progress podcast with Dana and Angela. Are you curious about the tech industry but hesitant to dive in because you're coming from a finance background? We have answers to your questions. Today we're talking to Sean, who quit his career in finance and dove headfirst into tech. He taught himself to code, got into a competitive coding bootcamp in New York, and right now he works in Netlify. In our conversation, Sean shared the career burnout from his previous job, how he switched into tech, and what his next career move looks like. In our opinion, he's someone who truly embodies the work in progress spirit, someone whose career evolves with them, and someone who is not afraid to make a change. We went over so many interesting topics and we cannot wait to share them with you. So without further ado, here's Sean's work in progress story. As I was mentioning earlier, our goal for this podcast is to talk to people who have successfully changed careers and learned what they um, what, what they did in the process. And hopefully we can inspire more people to do the same for themselves. Um, and we found your profile online. You have really, really amazing story. And so for today, we want to learn how you got started, you know, so maybe it would be very helpful for you to go from the start and tell us what you did for your school and for your first job, second job and all that and to where you are today. <laughs> um, hi. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's probably, my work history is probably too long to, to recite. Mm-hmm. It's okay. embarrassingly long, but uh, essentially went to, I was, I got, uh, I studied economics when I was uh, young, when I was in high school in Singapore. Um, and then I got really bit by the, the econ finance bug um, and then came here to, to Philadelphia when I, um, for college to study finance. Um, and then essentially had a, had a long career in finance, um, doing trading um, and equity investing. Um, and, and, then, and, then this, and then eventually... Uh, and then, you know, like that was the that was the like the first like six seven years um, uh, post college, which was which was just doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually, uh, like uh, like Angela heard on on um, on the free code camp interview, um, essentially kind of burned out on on that. Uh, we can talk we can talk about that. I'm, I'm not sure which direction you want to take this in, but yeah. um, there's there's a lot in there in that in that first career. Mm, okay, and. Uh, maybe you should t- tell us about the burnout. How did you realize you you burnt out? What is what was it like? Yeah, um, it is. There's a very clear moment, which was uh, essentially uh, like a, almost like a heart attack. Um, oh. It's not a heart attack, <laughs> but uh, but you know, it's a very it's a very high stress job. Um, mm-hmm. And I was having essentially I was like lying in bed. Like so, one of the the thing about uh, being in a hedge fund. Uh, and trading is that you have a lot of risk um, riding on certain events happening. You're essentially gambling or betting um, on certain events turning out well in your favor, uh, depending on uh, whether you want things to go up or down or, or sideways or whatever. Um, but um, the night before 
these things happen, they can be very stressful. And I was uh, literally lying in bed and my heart was like having palpitations. Um, and I, and I realized, um, you know, if, if I had a heart attack right there, um, I would just be, you know, dying alone and, (laughs) and not really, not really having much to show for it apart from uh, having worked a lot for, to make some people richer. Um, so, so that was, uh, that was, that was part of it. Like the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the high stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part was also, and I'll, I'll just be really honest, like I wasn't that great. Like I was average, you know, and finance is one of those things where um, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't like being average. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, like I wasn't like the worst person and the worst like analyst in the world, but I definitely wasn't going to be a rock star. Um, and I didn't, I just like looked around and I was like, you know, if, if I, if I was going to do this for the rest of my life, like, uh, would I be happy with that? And the answer was no. Hmm. I see. And so what did you do next? Yeah. Um, so, so then obviously like, uh, if you've dedicated, um, you know, since high school, dedicate yourself through college yeah. and then six, seven years of that. Um, and I had always wanted to be a hedge fund investor and I reached, I reached that goal. Um, but and at, at that point you're about 10, 11, 12 years in, um, to want to then decide what, what else you want to pivot to is very, very difficult. Um, and, and so, uh, I think the, the easiest, the easiest part to have like a soft landing, the easiest way to have a soft landing is to look around you and see what's adjacent, um, that, um, that you can sort of bring over your expertise into, um, and, and so, um, as, uh, so, so event that, that got me interested in tech because, um, mm-hmm. as part of the job, you use a lot of, uh, uh, you use a lot of technology. Um, and so, and so, um, I wasn't completely new to, to coding, even though I don't have a degree in, in that, but, um, I just like had to learn, uh, you know, ex- uh, Microsoft Excel macros. And then I, and then I graduated from, from, uh, you know, VV, VBA. Mm-hmm. Um, to Python and Haskell um, because those were the uh, when you when you want when you want to do investing at scale and you're you're the young kid um, they always throw the the more technical stuff to you to, so that you can figure it out because you're younger um, mm-hmm. and so I just did that and I realized that that was actually the part of the job that I liked more than the the, the rest of the finance bit mm-hmm. um, so I was like you know I'm, I I should I should explore that but uh, I didn't I didn't actually know how to code i just know how to copy and paste stuff and, and you know fuck stuff around so it's, it's, it's like it's very different from like professional software engineering um and so so what i actually did was um we um, at the hedge fund we actually <coughs> are customers of a lot of um, other software providers um like bloomberg and um and a bunch of other smaller companies um and one of them was uh was the was the company i eventually ended up going with uh essentially the, the founder was um, at our offices, um, trying to, uh, get us to, you know, use their product more and like, which is just like doing a, a, a standard product pitch and, and getting feedback and stuff. Um, and then I essentially walked him out to the elevator and asked him for a job like right there. Oh. Um, and it was transitioning from, uh, being a user to being, a, a product manager, right. Who, who knows the user's use case really, really well. Mm-hmm. So in that way, um, you can still transition your old ex- expertise into uh, your new role, but you were just using it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and conversely for them, it's, it's 
it's interesting to them because uh, it's hard to hire for someone with that experience who wants to leave their existing role. Um, so, so I went from, and and then then me personally, it was a way to get my foot into the tech door, um, Mm -hmm. without, um, without being a programmer. Mm, uh, full-time so 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 i was like a non-technical product manager um on at a a small you know financial technology startup that served clients uh like the one like the like the hedge fund that i used to work at um and so that's a really um i feel obviously that's not going to be possible for a lot of people um but if that kind of uh, if you can use your prior experience at all in any way um it really makes you stand out Mm. How how long have you been using the product before you actually like joined the company? Um, about six months. So I didn't okay. I didn't know it that mm-hmm. well, but I knew it enough to mm-hmm. to have some expect ex- expectation that it would be doing well. Um, I, it was definitely growing within my company. So I was like, you know, this is I could get in on the ground floor of uh, a small startup and 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 be part of that growth. Um, uh, it it uh. It didn't turn out uh, like I was only with them for a year, um, mm-hmm. and this was 2016 to 2017. Um, mm-hmm. I was only with them for a year, uh, and it and it and it essentially turned out that um, it was uh, I don't know whose fault it was, but essentially um, I just had a lot of differences with the with the founders, um, mm-hmm. and like I, uh, as and this is unique to the role of product management. Uh, product management, you're essentially um, in charge of uh, generating ideas, grooming the roadmap, um, mm. responding to user feedback, and translating those business requirements into actual to-do items for your engineering team. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't report to you. Uh, the, mm. the joke is that they have you have all the responsibility and none of the authority. Mm. So they don't report to you, but you still have to like charm them into doing what you want them to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that you have going for you is that you have superior knowledge of the user because that's mm-hmm. your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, so that's fine unless someone above you keeps overriding you because they have a different idea. And that's what the CEO is, right? Like, so that's so I have differences with the founder, mm-hmm. uh, founders in that way because they are the original product manager. When they've started a company, no one else was with them. Yeah. So it's very hard for, at, at startups, it's very hard for people to let go uh, sometimes. And that's what happened. This is exactly what happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, well, it took, it took a while to figure that out. And uh, there's some people I work with who are fine with that. Um, and I wasn't, so I, I also left to to do something else. Um, mm. So so, and this is this is where it gets to like, um, you know. So I've been I've been sort of in this in this like sort of non technical role for for a year, um, mm. and realizing that uh, a lot of the bottlenecks that we have. So we're tr- we're trying to get stuff done, right? We're trying to get um, um, like as a as a as a PM, like I had uh, like 15 people engineers that I that I work with on a regular basis, but they're all being pulled in different directions. Every them everyone wants them to do something else, um, and essentially the bottleneck was not me. It was it was just raw engineering talent that could respond to uh, ideas and feedback, um, and that's when I decided to take the plunge and essentially uh, quit my job, um, not do not have anything else lined up, and just uh, just learn to code. Um, um, the way I did that though was, uh, was kind of like a very slow ease into it, uh, which is essentially, 
uh, start uh, free kill camp um, on nights and weekends um, while still in the job. And uh, only when, when I felt that like I had to go all in on it and, um, and, and go straight into a boot camp, um, and that's when I decided to quit and, and, and have no plan after that. And so that was, uh, this was uh, mid-2017. Mm. Um, went through that, went through Full Stack Academy. That was the boot camp that I went to in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, essentially, you know, th- that was a good decision. Uh, I, I, might have, I might have done equally well uh, without the boot camp. Um, I will never know. Um, mm-hmm. all, I, all, I wanted, all I wanted was, um, like, I had some savings. I knew that... Um, this I I knew that I want I like I wanted to do this as quickly as possible and if there's anything that could shorten the 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 learning curve, um, uh, then I would be down for it. I would be I'll be fine spending some extra money um, to earn uh, that back uh, over you know the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. So um, that was the calculation for me. Obviously, not everyone. It was like seventeen thousand. Uh, not everyone can afford that, and there's there are more uh, affordable options today than there were two years ago. Um, but that's just what happened uh, with me, um, and essentially it, it paid off. It, it was exactly like uh, as expected. Like they they helped me learn uh, and get good much much quicker. And then at, by the end of the, the boot camp, they had a hiring day thing. Um, I spent about two months, but essentially uh, ended up with uh, the first uh, company that I that I sat down with. That was the one I went with. Hmm. And you've been there ever since? Um, No, I have not actually. So I've moved on since then. I moved moved around around a lot. (laughs) That's so interesting. You have quite a few companies and different experiences. um, I mean, I I, I don't want to make that like it just it just happens that like, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the times when when you when you sign up with a company, Mm -hmm. uh, it it just turns out not to be as great as it seems. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, um, so I, I feel like I've been a little more unlucky than, than most people in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so this one was a insurance startup within a hedge fund. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, uh, but, but, but for the first time I'm not working in a financial capacity, I'm working on the tech side inside the hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, like, you know, uh, the, the, the ability to tell the story that, um, I have a CFA, I can use that experience to um, to have more empathy for the financial experience okay. while still being a, a, a developer. Um, that that were, that sold really well, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and also, um, they were just offering um, so much higher than uh, the other uh, the other positions. Um, just to give a, a rough level set, uh, the average uh, salary of a bootcamp grad in New York um, is about 90 grand coming out of the bootcamp. Um, I got other offers from 130 to 150. Um, and these guys went up to 215. Wow. Um, and so it's, it, so like, there's no point at which you go like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm not sure, and you turn it down, right? Like right. You, you, yeah. you're just like, you're just like, all right, for, for that amount, I can just go and then just like, you know, try it out. Um, and, and I was with them for only six months, um, and and it was it was it was exactly like the only problem I had with them was turned out to be the the exact problem uh, that was with them, 
Um, and that was uh, essentially that these guys is is essentially like an internal startup. So this is this is a very large hedge fund. They have a lot of money, um, and a lot of the finance companies are trying to do like internal startups to um, diversify their their uh, revenue streams and okay. um, actually have a little bit of the tech DNA in them. Um, so essentially, what they're doing is throwing money at uh, um, at, at developers and trying to play at being a startup while without while not having the hunger of, of being a startup. You know what I mean? Like they're just trying to throw money at the problem and like, you know, and then, you know, at their cocktail parties or whatever, they, they can say like, oh, uh, yeah, we're, we have this like really cool startup now. Um, <laughs> but it's not because it, it doesn't have to live and die by um, their, their, the way that they fulfill their um, you know, customer needs and, and, and market validation and all that. Um, so it really, um, it really, it essentially was just uh, a, a big waste of time as far as um, uh, building anything was concerned. It was great because you get paid, right? Um, mm. And then four out of five days, essentially you had absolutely nothing to do because uh, the project was so poorly managed. They had like 200 people and no revenues. Oh. Um, and they were just they were just building random things, and it was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, they like were... it, it's it's absurd, right? Like like this the when when large companies decide that they want to play startup, this is what they do. They they just throw money at the problem, and then um, um, and it was just, it was it was exactly. I mean, that's what I worried about when I joined. But then uh, I just you know, and and I took advantage of that. So during those six months, I. Start. I, you know, when I had nothing to do, which was a lot of the time, uh, worked out a lot. Um, That's <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> took like really long lunch breaks, but then also, um, also started like just working on my own uh, technical skills and branding. <laughs> because uh, the truth is, at the end of uh, a three-month bootcamp, you're far from done from like being mm. a good engineer, um, and it's more about the marathon of just like uh, chugging and chugging and chugging and and working on on whatever interests you um and for me that was um you know getting deeper into react getting deeper mm-hmm. getting much more familiar with like the core basics of javascript so i started um making my own clones of websites and 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 uh popular um well well uh well popular projects so like for example in react um uh one of the the the, the starter kits is is called create react app Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one of the biggest uh, uh, simplifier libraries or, or starter kits for for React. And I, so I just made a clone of that, uh, and it was, it was just that simple of like the practice of like this thing already exists. Let's study it and then take it apart and then mm-hmm. make my own version of it. And that way, mm-hmm. I will learn a lot faster. Um, and then I also started uh, doing talks at meetups, um, mm-hmm. and that was more just to uh, start practicing and. And putting myself on the line of like, hey, I've committed to do this talk now. I gotta really learn this and like do do the best that I can. Um, mm-hmm. As and and ultimately culminating in, during that six months in applying to uh, to give my first conference talk uh, at React Rally, which is like the the number one um, React community um, uh, conference. Um, and so so those that that whole year. Uh, this is 2018. Um, that whole year was dedicated to just React um, mm-hmm. and in sort of the ecosystem around it. Um, and so eventually, uh, that one, as you do that, as you sort of learn in public, um, 
people take notice and they they start to help you. Um, and that's essentially um, what got me my current uh, opportunity, well, current job, um, which is uh, being a developer advocate at Nellify, um, where um, this all this stuff I was doing on the side, right? I was doing nights and weekends mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and uh, as you as you sort of build your ex- experience and you show your true passion and um, and people start to notice that like. Uh, you know, this this is something that uh, I'm good at. Um, they want to hire you to do that for for your day job, um, and so that's what happened to me about uh, seven months in, and 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 then I just left. Um, and, and and it was a uh, you know obviously it was a pay cut because no one uh, you know no one pays for, for uh, as high, but uh, I think it was a much better um, uh, learning curve. Or I mean, it was just more interesting stuff to do, um, and I. Uh, uh, especially appreciate the fact so um one of the the reasons that i can't i can't say much about the the hit the the, the startup is that they're regulated by the financial regulators and stuff right mm-hmm. um so they're very secretive um mm-hmm. and um and, and, and to the point of like even uh you know doing a conference talk that has nothing to do with the, the funds uh-huh. uh, it had to be approved by mm-hmm. uh the this like sort of external facing uh, board mm-hmm. um and it's sort of like closed by default whereas i liked things to just be in the open um and so being able to build my brand as part of my job um mm-hmm. and, and share everything and have everything open source and have everything uh that just like it's out there benefiting people um i i, I actually assign a, a high non-monetary value to that um, as part of the job mm. Um, that, that's awesome that you actually. Yeah, so, look so at that was that's what happened to values of the things that you encounter on, yeah, on yeah. the job. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, and, and I'll give you I'll give you one that's like very tangible as well, which is uh, the job is remote, right? So um, I don't have to commute, and that's two hours of my day uh, every yep. day given back to true. me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's that's really great, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so 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 I I think I, I I'm definitely much happier than I was um, <coughs> back before uh, the big big transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are a lot of people like me, especially in finance, um, and I, I I hope that um, you know my story can can help others, um, can just show others that it's possible and it's yeah. not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you if you work hard at it, you're you're, you're going to do fine. The demand for developers is so huge, mm-hmm. um, and obviously this is not a developer focused uh, uh, blog post or uh, sorry blog or, or podcast or anything. But um, obviously that's that that's a lot of uh, what people want to do, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm 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 here to help um, anyone else and anyone else who wants to um, go through that same career transition. That's awesome. awesome. So back when when you were still working in finance, you said the first kind of exposure you put yourself into is just doing nights and weekends, free code camp, whenever you were able to. What was it like? How did you balance all of that? You know, like working a very uh, demanding job already, obviously, as a product manager, I would assume was pretty demanding. Um, then on top of that, you know, dedicating yourself to something that no one knew you were doing. And then, you know, obviously it wasn't very easy, to be honest. I, I, I feel like it was not easy. <laughs> What yeah. was the experience like? Um, honestly, uh, that's something I've never had a problem with uh, because I don't have um, 
uh, any family, right? Uh, I'm just kind of on my own. Uh, I don't, I'm not dating. I'm not like, it's just, it's just me and work. Um, and like friends are, friends are, you know, as variable as you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just dedicate your nights and weekends, just do something every day. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what I call the no zero days policy. Mm-hmm. Um, just you do something towards your goal every single day uh, without mm-hmm. fail. Um, and it can be as little as like just, trying out this thing for five minutes. If you're burnt out, that's all you, that's all you need. Just don't break your streak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But every day you get a little bit better um, mm-hmm. and you do that for six months. Uh, you get, you get a lot done. <laughs> At so, what point did you realize, I guess this software engineering, this developer thing is really the thing for me. Cause I feel like um, at least when I was personally first started try, to try it out, I was like, it's, I've never seen this before. It's a little hard. I have to sit here and think about it. I don't know if this is for me. Like what was when was that moment for you? Um, I don't think there was. I don't think there was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, knew that just, the, that uh, was what, what yeah, you wanted. It was and more like just, Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, awesome. I, I also I also also say. Like my experience as a product manager um, and the, the realization that like to, to get anything real done, you just need a developer that works well with you and it might as well be you. Um, <laughs> that, like that kind of thing stays with you your whole life. Like if you just learn to code, um, um, then you then you will be that that first developer. And, and even though um, and, and so 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 like the general if you just buy into the general thesis that um uh, software is eating the world. Like, in, essentially, like every every business. I don't care if you're if you call if you consider yourself in the tech business or not. Um, but like, uh, you know, there's a general need for developers in in every part of society. Um, then it will just be a very scalable skill. Um, so from that from that regard, I I never really questioned like like uh, you know I I will I will need this in some form. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just like, how deep do you, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. so, so I didn't really think about that. Yeah. It was, it wasn't a very, uh, calculated decision. <laughs> Did you, so when so, you were a product manager, sorry, I just want to quickly ask this because I know product manager is also kind of a hot, um, job out there. Um, kind of like from at least the people that I interact with, it seems like a lot of people are trying to get into product management and a lot of times yeah. people ask, Oh, do you need to know how to code? And I feel like most people are saying, no, you don't need to know how to code, but a lot of the job descriptions will say, you know, we prefer that you have four year CS degree or, you know, like that you're technical and things like that. What was it like being a non-technical product manager? Did you think that knowing how to code would actually help you? Yes, um, it, it will always help, um, but it's also not, it's equally not required. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the way I would, I would phrase it. Um, mm-hmm. um, I would say that uh, I don't understand why, uh product managers are are, are hot uh like the, the, <laughs> the category is, like i i obviously I, I see it and i was in it for i was in the community for a while mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day I, I still feel like that's not the bottleneck uh mm-hmm. there's no there's no shortage of people with opinions on what needs to be done mm-hmm. um it's more about corralling uh the data points and the the insights the, the insights into mm-hmm. users and then having the authority, having the influence to like convince a group of yeah. people who don't report to you, by the way, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to 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 all do this thing, and then and then push it through, and then um, hopefully it works, and then hopefully um, 
you know, that, that leads you on to, uh, to that, that has a material impact on the company. And then mm-hmm. that, that's how you grow as a, as a, as a PM into like a chief product officer role or something. Um, and, uh, it's, it, uh, and so if you look at that job, it, it doesn't require coding at all. Um, right. it just requires that, um, you know how to, um, lead. Um, right. and, and so, and so, uh, I think, I think the, the way that people describe the role of PM, this is it's like the intersection of three different circles, yep. which is like, um, business, business tech and, and then design. Yeah. Yeah, I think yep. it's one of those things, especially with the wireframing and all, and all that. Right. Um, and and then the last thing I'll say about this is that uh, it really it's highly dependent on the actual product itself. If you're designing like a consumer facing product, which is just like you know an, an app like Instagram or something, um, mm-hmm. and that's a lot heavier on the design, right? Because that's the differentiating factor. Um, yeah. But if you're if you're a PM on something like AWS. Uh, amplify then it's an entirely developer focused product and your um, your skills should skew that way as well so um, I don't agree with the I mean it's it's a it's a very hard community it's a very um, uh, non-homogeneous community in the sense mm-hmm. that uh, just by seeing someone else with the with the job title of product manager you have no idea what they actually do yeah, um, absolutely true and, and then there are these subdivisions like product marketing manager and product engineering manager, and um, they're all legit subdisciplines of, of PMing. Uh, it just mm-hmm. it just depends on how uh, deeply developed your your company is at, at the yeah. product uh, organization. Yeah, and sometimes how different companies label different roles differently too. So I feel like some PMs do marketing in some companies, not all of them, and then vice versa and things like that. So it really kind of just all depends on very fluid area. Um, what about when you finally decided that, you know, I'm ready to go to the bootcamp, like what made you decide that, you know, I guess the free resources weren't quite enough and how did you do your research on which bootcamp to go to? Just because I personally know like so many in the Bay area and I obviously know there's, you know, like a few in New York as well and then other parts of the country, but there just seems to be so many to choose from. What did you look at and how did you research? Okay. That's a lot of questions. Um, (laughs) first. First, the first one is easy to answer. Um, it, uh, the free code camp, I finished the entire curriculum and then I reached the end. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's nothing to do. And I still felt that I was not ready. Um, and, and that was more of an imposter syndrome thing. But then also um, I knew that I wanted, this is free code camp is very self-directed. Uh, you just finished your your challenges on your own. Um, mm-hmm. No one, like people will kind of like browse through your code uh, if, if, if you can, you know, if you ask them to, but no one's going to give you like real feedback, you know, mm-hmm. on, on cri- criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work in a team. I wanted to work in, in an environment where people were reviewing my code and, and giving me shit. Um, and, and uh, but then also just like, I also felt like I was skimming a lot of stuff and I wasn't going deep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I felt that um, uh, the boot camps were, were useful, especially the working in teams part, because if you're, if you're going to do this and, uh, this job, you're you're going to work in a team, and that's a very different call from working on your own with with right. no no standards and no need for documentation because everything's in your head. Um, mm-hmm. And and then so so uh, choosing uh, on the on the topic of choosing um, because I had done all that pre work that is by the way way more pre work than than most people do before entering boot camps. Mm-hmm. Um, I I knew that I was going to be ahead of any, everyone else anyway, um, and then so my only criteria was. Um, 
to go around, uh, just survey uh, the top boot camps, mm-hmm. uh, all of them, and then pick the one that was the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, the one, the the one that fit my criteria was was full stack in New York, and that was the hardest uh, entry interview, mm-hmm. um, and and that meant that uh, I would have a higher chance of high higher quality teammates, mm-hmm. um, and Definitely. that I think I think that more or less worked out, um, right. and and people vary widely as well. Um, mm-hmm. I I won't I won't put up any bootcamp as like a complete success story of all the time, like mm-hmm. about. 30 of people will finish my bootcamp uh, and then they went back to their previous jobs because they did, it, it just wasn't for them. Um, mm-hmm. Or they, they just, you know, they, they, they struggled to, to, to do that, to, to get that, get through the transition um, mm-hmm. either in the job hunt or in the actual uh, engineering itself. Um, so I don't think any process is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but for those who who kind of tough it out, um, it, it does work out for a lot of us. And uh, right now, I would say that Lambda School is probably the best bootcamp in the world, um, oh. and that's uh, and that's a longer time commitment. But um, I would encourage people uh, to try that out if if uh, if they have the means. I mean, if they have the time, it's not the means because it's it's income sharing. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like um, I don't care what you do, um, you're still gonna have the majority of the improvement. Um, post the bootcamp because that's where the rest of the remainder of your career is. Um, and so I, I am definitely a lot better than I used to be, uh, even coming out. Um, so to, in that sense, it really doesn't matter what bootcamp you, you end up doing. Uh, it just matters that you, you, you have a really good work ethic and you take this, uh, like, you know, the, the art, uh, form that it is, and you're trying to perfect, uh, mm-hmm. uh your, you, you know, you're, ma- you're mastering your craft, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've talked to a couple of people and I feel like for some people, they, when they tried to switch careers, they, it's always been kind of hard. Either they had to, you know, decide that they want to switch or they, you know, took a long time to figure out what they want to switch to. But for you, it seemed to be a pretty fast decision. Was mm-hmm. it like that for you? Am I, am I getting the right impression? I mean, so, so I just want to like, this whole process went from- Basically, it took from 2016 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, uh, um, it was a dragged out process um, mm. over two years. And um, it I, I did it while still staying employed, um, but mm-hmm. just testing out different, different roles um, until I found I something that uh, was closer and closer to uh, my interests and my personality. Um, uh, of, of course, some people take uh, longer than that, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, it worked out for me. That's, that's all I can say. And I don't like, I don't like uh, dishing out general advice without knowing people's uh, specific mm-hmm. situations. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, in, do you know the, the um, I think there's, there's this uh, concept of like ikigai, ikigai um, yeah. which is, yes. Uh, the the try to do the intersection of things you can get paid for, things you love, and things you get. Um, so uh, I think you know the as you explore the, the, mm-hmm. that's the general probably the the one general rule that, that you can always get stick to stick to. And and surprisingly enough, um, in you know this day and age, I feel like the the things that you can get paid for um, is growing dramatically uh, in terms of like uh, you know. Uh, the internet just like enables you to, to reach audiences and, and they'll support you doing all sorts of random things. Like, you mm-hmm. know, just go look 
Patreon and and see what people are up to. And and you know, there are professional Twitch streamers and 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 all that. And they're doing all sorts of random stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're like super passionate about something and, and that's just uh, something you're just abnormally good at, and there's a small community of, of you know a thousand true fans. That's what Kevin Kelly mm-hmm. uh, says. Like they'll they'll pay to support you, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a career, even though you know no one else has that career. But it doesn't matter. It's you know you're you're defining a new industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't have I I don't I don't think I'm that interesting. I, I um, <laughs> you know I just like uh, stuff that everyone else likes. So. Um, I try to cater to to that more populist approach. But if you're like a weirdo, um, it's I'm just saying like you know it's it's totally fine to be a weirdo now. Like yeah, it's of course people pay you to be you. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree, totally agree. So <laughs> it it sounds like you were super excited about this, um, uh, you know, switching to tech, and then you found your you you started the boot camp, and then everything just went pretty um, smoothly from there. Did you run into any difficulty was it scary for you when you you know quit your job or was it difficult for any part of this process yeah um I, yeah uh, for sure scared um quitting your job to to then pay money to do a boot camp and right. then not, not not being sure what to do after was pretty scary yeah. um but i but i figured that i could always uh, fall back onto my finance career uh, mm-hmm. from before like i wasn't I quit only because I felt that there was something better. But if there if there turned out that turned out to be false, then I could always go back. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't that worried from that angle. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I would say that uh, what probably didn't go well as 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 well as as I hoped was essentially just uh, finding the right fit. Like it took me. Mm. I feel like I could if I knew myself better, I could have um, circuited this whole thing and went straight. Uh, to what I do today, um, but uh, you never know. Like it's it's always like a, a continual like you know you don't know what's out there, so you have to yeah. go and search and, and talk to people. Um, I want to give you something real because like I I know that's kind of like very fluffy. Uh, <laughs> it I, no I I mean honestly like uh, I think I think the 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 sacrifices for me have been more personal and health related than. Oh. Uh, than professional um, because I I, uh, I am a workaholic and I and I, and I poured myself into this whole transition. Uh, it does look really easy, but then also um, I definitely don't feel like I've I've kept up my personal friendships and relationships um, uh, as well for that. Um, and you know, in the, in the meantime, uh, friends of mine are, are are finding their first careers and they're having kids and. Uh, they're hanging out every weekend and they're, they're, you know, uh, I don't know, playing games and, and like, just, just like living life. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm always feeling insecure. I'm always feeling like I'm not good enough yet. And I'm always feeling like, uh, I need to go do this tutorial now. I always have these headphones in to listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. um, because I might catch some nugget of information that might, uh, make me better. And I've been doing that for two straight years. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, there have been some sacrifices uh, on the personal side, uh, for sure. Um, and uh, I don't feel like I've got that part of my life together yet. Um, and mm-hmm. that's probably uh, something that, uh, um, that's probably something that like, maybe maybe a lot of people like don't see like, you know, 
in success stories, like the 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 cost of mm-hmm. of what it takes uh, and the, and the dedication. Um, it does it does cost stuff, and um, I, I definitely don't like recommend it to to people. But then it but then it, and, and and like maybe it's not not even necessary. Maybe all these things I'm, I'm like completely like wasting my time on. Um, but I feel like uh, it's it's worked out a little bit, and um, and I'm trying to find more balance now in my life, um, and it's. Um, and it's been uh, a, a trade-off that I would probably make again, um, mm-hmm. because uh, uh, you know, be- because that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, for sure, like if you have uh, more family commitments and more <laughs> friends, friendship mm-hmm. relationship commitments, um, uh, then you will definitely feel it. And I just don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so that's that's something that's that's my cross to bear. Um, well, thank you for sharing that very realistic, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess, personal, personal, or like, you know, like, I guess, um, summary of what you sacrifice, because we don't definitely don't hear about that very often. Um, yeah. But your, your story is still very amazing. And I guess, can you tell us about some of the roles that you've tried um, ever after switching to engineering? Uh, roles? I mean, I haven't tried that many. So I was essentially a product engineer for six months, and now I'm a developer advocate uh, for almost a year. Um, and uh, the developer advocate role, well, so product product engineering is very simple. Um, you you are you know your people people assign you uh, a product to to work on, and mm-hmm. you just work through your your issues list. In a continuous sprint, um, and hopefully make the products better and better and better. Uh, uh, that's assuming that uh, the company, um, you know, is uh, um, has a customer, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, then uh, the, the developer advocate role is more of uh, serving the community, um, writing content, uh, um, making demos, uh, doing talks, um, stuff like that, and. and yeah. uh, that's that's been that's been my my exclusive focus for the past year. Um, um, I just because of the nature of the job, I've also done a bit of product product, product engineering here as well, uh, and that's mostly with regards to maintaining and, and developing open source tooling um, mm-hmm. around the existing core products of of, of uh, Nellify, the company I work at, um, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's. I think that's a re- that's a reasonably good spot, especially mid-career for people to, to be in, mm-hmm. um, before you get into things like management and uh, and something more senior. Um, mm-hmm. Because because uh, one thing, so so I'll I'll say two things um, about uh, this industry or career or whatever. Um, whatever it is you do, um, if you also bring a, a level of public speaking. And um, and a big network, like knowing the knowing the influential people in your field, and mm-hmm. be able to talk to talk to literally anyone at any time, mm-hmm. um, that will not only make you better at your existing job, um, but then also uh, it increases your overall value to the company, right? Like mm-hmm. when people hire you, they just they don't just hire you; they hire the people that you know as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely um, true. Yeah, and, and so 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 uh, I started I started being active on Twitter. So even though I got my Twitter account ten years ago, um, <laughs> I wasn't actually active. I wasn't actually active. I didn't and never took it seriously until 
uh, early 2018, uh, essentially the start of 2018, mm -hmm. uh, and started tweeting out my progress and, and stuff like that. Uh, and now it's become, uh, uh, you know, I, I got my uh, I got got my last two job offers, um, even though I don't I didn't I didn't take them up on that. Um, I, I you know I I got job offers through there. Um, I got invitations to exclusive opportunities. Mm -hmm. I can reach out to literally um, anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, in the JavaScript ecosystem, uh, if I want to, uh, on there. So that's that's become a core part of um, my value proposition to employers. But then mm -hmm. also, uh, it's 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 something that sticks with me uh, through like no matter where I go, like that mm -hmm. I bring I take that with me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I feel like a lot of people put too much of their personal value into the company that they currently work at. Like if you define yourself as oh I work on whatever at google or whatever like that's and that's your thing mm -hmm. that's great but once you're out of google you're you're like the best you can go is like your ex google that's about it but you, if you don't know right. anyone um uh it's not as helpful as uh as, as it could be um and and the other the other thing that so uh essentially that, that that social network so the other thing that i invested in is also uh reddit uh, so i, I mm -hmm. have to moderate the uh, react subreddit um, mm -hmm. And we just hit like we just passed like so when I joined there was like around fifty thousand people and now mm -hmm. it's now we're just pushing one hundred and sixteen hundred hundred fifty hundred sixteen thousand wow. um, and and so that experience um, of like just helping people with their problems but then also uh, moderating a community online um, and 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 getting to interact and know everything that's going on in that space. Um, by default makes you an expert on <laughs> like you just like don't have a choice because like mm. that's your that's that, that's your life now so for um, someone let's say for example i have say no no presence on twitter and um i've only been i guess like lurking let's say um on your reddit how do i become an active participant i guess um you know just to kind of try to in the spirit of learning in public how where do i start yeah um so uh, I actually started. I, so I, I wrote I wrote I wrote that essay about learning in public that that, that I assume you you read. Um, and then that's my advice to just people to, like, you can either learn in private or learn in public. And, and usually doing it in public actually works out better. Um, but I think uh, then the next uh, so people are usually convinced by that. And then the next question is how do you start? Mm -hmm. um, and and all I say all I say to that is uh, there there are three modes of learning in public. Uh, there's like explorer connector and then minor so when you're when you're just starting out you don't know what you don't know yet um so you're just exploring um and you're like oh that looks that looks interesting you just run over there and then, then you turn around and you're like that looks interesting i need to run over there um and essentially uh the the only thing that you can put out is essentially blogs and like tweets and like just um like here's where here's what i did today and then blah 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 and then <coughs> it's like notes to self right uh, mm -hmm. The primary, the primary beneficiary of that is is going to be yourself because no one knows who you are yet, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and that's fine. Like, the, take try to take that as not a, not a weakness, but as a feature. Like, this is your time to suck. Like, get all <laughs> get all the bad stuff out, right? Like, mm -hmm. just like try to develop your your unique taste, your unique style. Um, try to figure out what you're what what you what you want to do, what you what you're really good at, because no one no one else can ever answer that for you. Um, and, and, and eventually, um, if, and, and the hook into, uh, to, to, to getting other people interested in your work is that you're, you start covering things that they're interested in. Like, 
um, hey, I work, uh, you know, like I work on Netlify full time. If you if you start like writing Netlify, a blog post about Netlify and what you think about it, um, I'll probably read it. Like, mm-hmm. and this this is like this is one of those. That's just because it's my job. But then also like there's just not that many people who do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't care how unknown you are, how how newbie you are. Um, if you just do that and you, you tag the people who are on them, they'll start to take notice of you. And as and if you're doing if you're doing a good job of it, then they'll start to help promote you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because the one thing the one thing that you can provide that they don't have is that beginner's mindset of like mm-hmm. these are the problems that I faced when I was a beginner because you are and they're not beginners and mm-hmm. you can list it out. Um, and they can, uh, and it, you know, if it's if it's really great stuff, they'll they'll share it. Um, if it's uh, really problematic, they'll respond to it. Whatever it is, um, that's the value that you provide. You're you're like the. Uh, they need someone who's who's that engaged, right? To 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 mm-hmm. to pick up on 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 the loose ends, and and, and you're that person. Um, especially, and and then as, as 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 you develop these things. So like, I always don't like. I always tell people like, don't like. There's all there's always these sites where like. Um, oh, sign up for your mentoring sessions, and mm-hmm. like, uh, we'll we'll like link up uh, apprentices and mentors. Like that doesn't work. Like, um, no one's gonna be your life mentor for life. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a job. Um, no one's gonna do that for free. Uh, but what what they can do is be your part time mentor in this one thing that they're very good at. Mm-hmm. It takes them no time at all, and you're helping them uh, in this one specific thing. Uh, and in fact, one way to when we get them to do it is don't ask them at all. Just like just start, just start, <laughs> just like, just, like <laughs> doing, just, just like, Hey, like I had a question about this and maybe they respond, maybe they don't. Right. But if they do respond, then, mm-hmm. you know, you pick up on whatever they ask you to do and, and you do that. And then the next mm-hmm. question and the next question and, and a year from now, you'll be, if you turn around and you're like, yeah, you know, that's a mentor relationship without calling it one. But, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people are just focused on naming the thing without actually just doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should you should probably just focus on the work. Um, <laughs> That's a great point. So, so yeah, so 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 that's the exploring stage. Um, when when you've explored stuff that you want, then you turn into a connector. Um, and instead of so then instead instead of like progress reports, you're now doing connection connecting. Like um, <clears throat> you're leaving a trail and 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 like building roads and 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 maps for people to explore and and learn what you've learned. And that's more that's a more polished product. Um, and that's where you start to write uh, tutorials and and talks and stuff um, where you're you're probably uh, you're you're trying to you're you're explicitly producing uh, content for other people to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's not just for yourself anymore. Um, and and most people, I feel like most people should try to achieve to to aim for that uh, as much as possible, which is that that's that's sort of your default state. Um, and and then the the last goal, the the last uh, gear. This these are, I call these like learning gears. So it's exploring, is connecting. Um, and and by the way, these are where like you know you become teachers and you teach workshops and stuff. And that's that mm-hmm. already is a very, very good uh, career to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final the final gear is the mining gear, where you um, you're no longer you've just hit upon upon this one problem that just obsesses you so much um, that no one else is working on. And you feel like you just have to solve it and research it and you're mining deep and deep, deeper and deeper. And mm-hmm. um, at this, at this point, the, the content that you make is just about this one single problem. And you're probably the only person in the world um, or you're probably one of like five people in the world working on this thing. Mm-hmm. 
and there are many of there's there's more problems than people to, to throw at right so if, if there's just something that you that you just have to get out of your system mm-hmm. um your the content that you produce um no longer is something that you have to try to like push to people and like hey like be my blog post mm-hmm. or whatever it doesn't matter people will come to you because you're the only person searching for it and that's what uh google and 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 Twitter and, and Reddit, they're all set up to funnel people to you. Um, mm-hmm. And that the system starts to work for you instead of you working for the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm not there yet, but um, I, I see people do this. I see when, uh, you know, people, influential people in the industry, like they are known for their thing. Like they have a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you get that thing? By just working at it for super freaking long, long, way longer than anyone else mm-hmm. uh, and being the world's leading authority on that and guess what people come to you instead of you mm-hmm. you having to 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 always reach out to them um mm-hmm. but you i mean you have to you have to earn that um you don't mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't sort of start from mm-hmm. there uh but hopefully that gives you an, an idea of like the progression of learning in public uh between exploring connecting and, and mining um mm-hmm. I feel like as an office, I guess I, I am not a super active user on um, Reddit, actually. You just joined this morning <laughs> after lurking on your subreddit that you, moder- that you moderate. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a little easier to have like targeted discussions because there are threads. Whereas, you know, on Twitter, you're like, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself when you don't have a big following. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, as someone who was kind of new to all these technology things, how do you engage with people and you know maybe not to the point where you want you're able to have people discover you yet but how do you find meaningful conversations to like engage in um it's random i don't i wouldn't be worried do you look up hashtags that are you know maybe like popular (laughs) no no i've never i've never done that i don't understand people who do that Um, (laughs) no it's just it's just like look like um you know, there, there, there are people to follow and you follow them. And then mm-hmm. um, when they have something interesting going on, you respond and probably they, they won't see it or whatever because they mm-hmm. have a, lo- a lot of people that are responding. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they will and, and then and then it works from there. But like, don't mm-hmm. force it. Don't, don't try to like, oh, like I did good today. I must do more of that. Uh, no, don't like it's, it's totally random and it's not within your control. So don't even mm-hmm. worry about it. Um, it's more of like, what are you interested in and what are you like, and, and, and you try to be helpful, right? Yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. And people will notice that, notice you being helpful. And then the last thing is also um, a lot of these like super busy people that are, that could be your potential mentors. Um, a lot of them actually leave a lot of breadcrumbs. They'll say like, Hey, um, I just released this library. I'm looking for contributors. Um, these are some issues and then they'll, they'll just leave them open and, and it's up to people to, to pick up on, on the issues, like pick up what they put down. And, mm-hmm. uh, like the secret is nobody does. <laughs> it's That's absurd. Like it's, it's really, segue into Every, what everyone I says, everyone about. says they want, yeah, everyone says they want, they want, uh-huh. uh, to help, but, but nobody does. So, yeah. so if you just go do it, um, you'll be, you know, one of like, I don't know, three people who do it and then. <laughs> I mean, they'll, you know, they'll, they they have to respond to you now because you know you're you're, you're trying to help them. Um, so it's really not that hard, uh, especially especially when it comes to like free work. Um, yeah. uh, if you can, if you wanna, if you wanna provide that, and and uh, I've got to, I've gone to that place now where like I'm being asked to to help out on on uh, on things just because I've I've been helpful in the past, mm-hmm. um, and 
And so, so like that's that's a really good way to um, to get noticed, which is essentially, um, you know, be interested in their in so helping to solve their problems um, instead of like how can you help me all the time. You know, it's 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 very self centered. Some of these uh, people trying to get started, um, mm. and I feel like that's kind of the wrong way because like it's there's no there's no addressing of the fact that it's like a mutual uh, relationship. Mm. It's always yeah. them helping you out on uh, out of the kindness of their hearts and no one has time for that you know like <laughs> uh, I, that's that's a bit harsh that's that's a bit harsh but, but you, I hope, hopefully you know what I mean like I, I think yeah. that um the more win-win you can make it uh mm-hmm. better and there are all these super low uh, hanging fruits out there and people just to pick up on it mm-hmm. I, I watched your talk I believe it was at React um NYC um, where you talked about the open source projects um, for React.js okay. and you shared your <laughs> fails and I, I love it. I, I think it's amazing that, you know, like you're showing, you know, like showing people how like you made some like minor mistakes, nothing, nothing major, but like, you know, stuff you <laughs> learned along the way. And, you know, like now no, knowing or now having done it once, you know, you know, these are one, two, three are the things that you will never, ever do again. And I think that's just it's awesome. I, I love that talk. <laughs> and yeah, just Thank like, you know, you also mentioned in that talk that, you that know, was, there are a lot that of first, That was sorry. my first meetup talk. Yeah. And, you know, that that's my question for you is, you know, how do you get up the courage to talk about React.js as somebody who just finished a bootcamp? And you mentioned that you had other cohort mates sitting in the audience with you. Like, you know, for um, somebody like me, I would not even, I don't know, I just can't imagine doing that myself. So what what's your advice? How did you do it? And yeah, what are your okay. encouragement? Yeah. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is is that um, you absolutely do not need to give a talk to be a good engineer. Um, this is just one of many ways to to advance your career. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, um, I this is not my first time uh, doing public speaking. I actually did Toastmasters before. Uh, even when I was in finance. Um, so it wasn't like I was a completely green public speaker. Um, it was just that I was uh, uh, doing this on a, on a new sort of topic for the first time in, in a new type of audience. Um, and then the, the the last point that I want to make is um, if you talk about your experience, um, you are the world's leading authority on your experience. No one else can. On <laughs> 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 something that you have already done. Um mm-hmm. And like, that's the easiest talk to give because like you already lived through it and you've already done it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's nothing hard about that at all. It's it's more it's more when you try to cover something that you have no direct experience about. That's a lot harder because you have to get in into the heads of other people. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done that as well. And I felt a lot more insecure than than I did with that first talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just more like, um, you know, if uh, if all you're talking about is, is stuff that you've done, like there's nothing, you can't go wrong on that. Like, <laughs> just, um, and, and so no one, I mean, no one, no one wants you to fail, right? Like everyone wants you to, to, to give the best talk that you can. Um, and so I, I never felt uh, that concerned um, through that process. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 all, all I'll say is that like, I, I think that um, as you give more and more, like it's, it's very easy to get started doing talks because most meetups always want more speakers Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's that whole, you know, that ratio of like, okay, so um, if you've checked out checked out the Reddit, uh, we have 115,000 people, mm-hmm. um, probably only uh, less than a percent of that actually post anything, uh, less than a percent mm-hmm. of that actually comment uh, anything, yeah. 
Um, there's a lot of stalkers. There's a lot of lurkers, not stalkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of lurkers. People, like people are, we're, we live in an age of, um, this, this is called, uh, I forget the, I forget the term for this, but, um, we are, we're essentially, uh, passively consuming content. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, uh, Netflix is doing to us. That's what YouTube is doing to us. We, mm-hmm. uh, Americans watch five to six hours of TV a day. Um, and like, uh, and and so like the ratio of content creators to consumers mm-hmm. is hugely like lopsided one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you if you if you just choose to to learn in public, if you just choose to to create instead of consume, like um, it's not that hard to 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 get started. Mm-hmm. Like to get really good is also really hard. Um, but mm-hmm. but to get started is it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Not, not that many people doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And just looking at your own, like your own, um, like your entire online presence, I feel like you're, to me, I would just say, you know, Sean Wang is a React guru, advocate and evangelist. So how did you find, did, like, did, did React just kind of speak to you at some point in your career? And then you decided that, you know, you really want to like make this your quote unquote niche, if you will, or did it somehow kind of just become something that you have a lot of exposure and experience with? And then over time, you just became an advocate. <laughs> Um, I'd say it's, I'd say it's like kind of the former, um, it's not like I have any, you know, it has been around for almost six years now. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I only have a year of experience professionally with it. Um, so I'm never going to speak from a position of absolute authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can do is, uh, dedicate more time to it than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love that spirit. <laughs> You're just all about if I like something, if I want to do something, I'm gonna give it give it everything I have. I, I love that. But then, but then also uh, one thing I so 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 that's one thing, right? Like um, it's it's uh, it's new enough that you can you can still kind of like learn everything there is to know about it if you just mm-hmm. put in the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it's not like something that's been around for like twenty something years where you just right. have no way of ever catching up. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but it's stable. Uh, it's it's in demand. Um, mm-hmm. So so I know I know that there's a there's a there's a broad interest in it, and I can get paid doing that. Um, and, uh, and 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 then and then I, I'm I'm also like personally interested in in, in how this behemoth thing. Um, you know I like I like um, you know and this this comes a little bit to my investor roots. Like uh, I I look at open source technology as like. like little companies and like Mm -hmm. I'm investing in the stock of React, right? And I see Mm -hmm. it rising. And that's why I'm the only guy talking about the growth rate of React. No one, no one, no one, no one else talks about this, but Mm -hmm. um, I I know for a fact that it's between 70% and a hundred percent a year. And, and like, you know, and maybe that's an irrelevant thing because, you know, the price of this is zero, but at the the, the end of the, because it's open source, but, but it's not, valued at zero like it's mm-hmm. generating value it's just not a uh, private value it's so public value mm-hmm. um and so, so uh, i mean i don't know like just bet on one thing and then just kind of kind of go on it go all, go all in on it it's, it's great oh the other thing is is also um you have because you're a newbie and because you have no existing base of things baggage to hold you down um mm-hmm. you're then free you're then free to focus on the margin which is the the new stuff that's coming out Mm-hmm. <laughs> and only do that and be be a helpful resource on that and so that's what mm-hmm. i did with concurrent react which is 
um, released, uh, which was first talked about in March of last year. Uh, and I became one of the sort of go-to resources just by compiling all the all the available information um, for other people. And, and, and then people started following me for, for that. Um, uh, and so, so because you're, even though you're a beginner, you can focus on whatever is the margin because everyone else is, is still focused on the, the main core of, of what they work mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that's also a relative advantage. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of trying to turn your weaknesses into advantages uh, mm-hmm. by, by thinking about um, how they become, how, how you can sort of uh, take you know, take advantage of, like always, I always say like uh, ignorance is, is uh, power. So a lot of people say knowledge, <laughs> knowledge is power, right? Um, and I'm like, right. So let's say you don't have any knowledge. Let's say you're, you're start, first starting on your, on your job. How is it that your ignorance, like you, you currently have a lot of ignorance. How is that a power? Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, and so I, um, so for example, if you're starting on a job, um, they already hired you. They're not going to fire you straight away. So um, in, instead of saying that you can do everything, you should say, I, I know absolutely nothing. Teach me. And then, mm-hmm. and then they'll teach you because they have to work with you. So that's that's one way in which ignorance is power. But but yeah. also another way is uh, is is in this um, focusing on on something new uh, again, like giving that giving that first time beginner's perspective and being able being able to be have being having having a thick enough skin to let people correct you when you're wrong. Um, mm-hmm. That's a power as well. So that that's that's and those are one of some of the ways in which like ignorance is power, which is. Mm-hmm. Once you've been publicly wrong on anything, uh, you know, you'll never forget it. Like I, I there's so many mistakes that I've made, which like, uh, you know, I'll never forget. And and I have very very like I have you know the creators of the technology come in and telling me where is exactly where I'm wrong, and it's great. Um, all I have to do is um, pay attention. You know, like a lot of people get stuff wrong, and then they'll try and correct them, and and then. And then you, they just, you know, they don't listen or they, they mm-hmm. just ignore, ignore them. And then that, that feedback loop breaks. But mm-hmm. if you, if you have, if you give them positive vibes and responding correctly every time, um, they'll see this as a worthwhile investment and they'll invest in you because you're now then helping them to transmit their message out to a broader audience to, to, mm-hmm. to, to fix holes in, in the knowledge of people. Um, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to me with React. That's how I've gotten to, uh, gotten close enough to the react core team um that uh they'll they'll add the response to any any of my questions because i they know that through me they're reaching other people mm-hmm. um and that's the value i provide um even though they could absolutely do it themselves but um, i'm just you know free help um but uh, I, I do also want to say that um uh in 2018 i was uh, i bet fully on react uh, but I, I i definitely don't want don't recommend and, and I, I don't intend to to only do that for the rest of mm-hmm. my life um, because I feel like uh, tying yourself to to one technology is probably not a good idea, um, especially if you are um, uh, not in that core team. And, and I have no aspirations to be in that core team. Um, so then, then what else do you provide? And that's that's something I'm exploring this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So I you kind of that. have like personal goals that you kind of get yourself, maybe like every year or every two years or you know every six months that you want to learn something new okay that's that's very very um Um, we should all learn that so so this year this year well the first half of this year has been about typescript and so that's that's 
something that's orthogonal to React. I mean, orthogonal meaning like not not strictly related to React, mm-hmm. but you can can use the connector mode, mm-hmm. the the learning gear of, of being connector mm-hmm. to say, all right, I'll I'll learn about React and TypeScript, and mm-hmm. through that process learn TypeScript, but then be be useful to to people doing React, but then also right. have the the entire again like through the the last uh, six months, I've I've uh, I've had deep conversations with the TypeScript team, just because they can't ignore me now because <laughs> I'm the same thing. Yeah. So how is that process a little yeah. different now? Learning TypeScript from I'm assuming from scratch and no prior experience. Now that you're um, kind of a React expert, some authority online. Like, how did that process change, or is it different than when you were first trying to pick up React? Um, it, it changes only because, like, I I like I, I now know exactly who to go to to, to get help and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's um, it's not much of a reach for me to to get like expert advice on literally anything. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's helpful. Um, and then uh, I feel like I've refined my process of learning in public more. Um, mm-hmm. A year ago, I, I, a year ago, I just was doing anything that came to mind, but now now I know that um, I want to create uh, reusable repositories, essentially wikis of information curated mm-hmm. by me, um, mm-hmm. and that I call those I, go, I call those things cheat sheets, mm-hmm. um, and people uh, people like that a lot because um, like I know it's required reading in, in Atlassian and. and nice. <laughs> Uh, patterns here. Where can we find that? <laughs> Is it on your website? Uh, yeah, it's called uh, just Google React TypeScript cheat sheet. Uh, uh-huh. It's the mm. first thing. It's the first thing on there. Um, okay. And uh, oh, I even have stickers. <laughs> Show us. Yeah. Wow! Oh, nice. That's just for fun. But but basically, um, I said that the process that is different because um, I, I I do have an existing audience um, and um, I know uh, how and I, I have a little bit more practice at uh, making things explicitly to be consumed by other people. Um, I can give a talk on on stuff and um, and uh, reasonably know how to communicate um, ideas that I find. Uh, I find new and interesting, um, and and so and, and, and in that process, um, uh, be invited to the inner circle of speakers who are leading thinkers in that field. Even even though I have I have no business being there, um, and, and so that's what's happening with me with TypeScript and GraphQL uh, as well. Actually, mm-hmm. um, so these are all like not exactly re- React fields, but they're all adjacent. Right. Uh, and I yeah. feel like always stepping from the stone that you're on to the stone that's next to it, and mm-hmm. just like. Mm-hmm. Trying to trying to bring that over is 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 probably a good strategy. I know it's not like the it's not like shocking insight, but like <laughs> it's pretty obvious that like that's what you should do. Um, so so that's what I'm doing right now. So when you're learning in public, do you ever worry that let's say you find something you want to spend your time on to learn in public, and do you worry that if you you know you know after like a month or two months later you realize that this is not something you want to keep doing? What do you do? Do you continue or you just switch no, just to drop the next it. one? Okay. Just drop it. Okay. Look, you're like, not yeah, you're not uh, you're not producing a TV show or something. You know? <laughs> um, no one's no one's like gonna monitor you all the time. Um, I've I've definitely like started stuff and just dropped it just because I just lost interest. Um, mm-hmm. It's fine, but uh, obviously try not to make that a habit. Um, try to build up persistence. It's it's mm-hmm. it's really persistence and in the the 
discipline um, that gets you far. Uh, motivation, will get, I always say this, like most motivation will get you started uh, and everyone has tons of motivation and you can listen to all sorts of pump-up speeches, but it's the discipline and the persistence that will get you far just by putting in the hours every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if things don't work out, it's fine. In one of your articles, you mentioned that um, you keep like the almost daily uh, blog that's only, I guess, uh, public to yourself, like something that like in private, not not something that you share with the public. Do you still do that? And what do you write in your private journal? (laughs) Uh, Honestly, uh, anything I want um, is, yeah. No details, Uh, but just curious as to like what would be helpful for someone that's, you know, like perhaps pursuing something similar to what you've been doing and then, you know, like wanting to adopt this as a habit. Yeah, sure. Um, um, like, I I feel like the moment you put constraints on it, like the, the creativity, like it's a, it's a journal. Like what what do people Mm -hmm. write in the journal? It's also a random shit. Um, (laughs) uh, so like, I don't, I don't have a a strong theme like right now. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have stuff in the past that, that I, that I did and I stopped doing, mm-hmm. but right now, um, so I just got a new boss and she's the first boss that like is, so usually when you start a job, you have your boss that's, that's been there for a while. Right. Right. And I think basically for my whole life, I've, I've only had that situation where like I came in and the boss was teaching me mm-hmm. what to do and telling me what to do. Uh, so this is the first time I've been here and then the boss came in after me, um, oh. and it's like changing up the organization as 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 i'm as i'm in it and i've been in there longer for for like a year or so mm-hmm. um so basically i've been taking notes about what she's doing so essentially in the future if i um if i ever be be that boss um i will be able to refer back to my own notes mm-hmm. and and just play through like uh this is this is what she did back then mm-hmm. this is what happens uh and and then just figure out my own style like Mm-hmm. That's that's learning as well, and then that's yeah. learning management. Even though I'm not a manager yet, but uh, someday I'll need this. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. for sure. Um, then, sorry, um, I have one last question about, um, I guess, the whole no zero days and learning in public. I know you mentioned like um, in multiple blog posts and you know various interviews that I um, I listened to and um, read. You said that you um, from I, I you probably still do it that you never you never stop doing um, learning and blogging about what you learn at the same time. How did you manage your time? And um, just because sometimes I feel like oh perhaps I should not spend any time blogging because I have an interview coming up that I should be studying for. Like how did you manage that? Um, I write really fast. <laughs> you're a very um, efficient writer and speaker yeah I, I can actually spam out a lot of shit um but but honestly like i i, I feel like don't have uh, you're maybe taking away like the wrong impression of what i do like i don't write that much um mm-hmm. it's just like i don't know like three blog posts a month um it's not it's not, it's not that huge um so don't 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 feel like you know it's a huge time commitment um i do imagine and, you have like tutorials and screenshots and like every single day you're publishing them and I was like where are they I yeah. want to find yeah, them that's, that's like, that, you see that's the wrong impression right like I, uh-huh. you know I, I, I do them but mm-hmm. like you know uh, one tutorial every two months one tutorial mm-hmm. every three months like it's not it's absolutely enough it's just it's just like when I feel like I got something I want to share um, mm-hmm. I'll write it up and then most days I don't so mm-hmm. it's not at all it's not at all a drag 
but absolutely, um, and, and, and in fact, uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll confess that uh, something I'm struggling with right now is that I used to publish a lot more stuff than I, than mm-hmm. I used to, than I did. Um, and right now I, I, I'm actually going through a little bit of a rut in terms of uh, stuff that I've been putting out. Um, so I should probably try to get back on that horse. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely don't follow 100% of my own advice all the time, <laughs> you know. Uh, and don't don't feel like I'm perfect in, in in that respect. I just feel like these are things that work. Uh, I'm 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 trying to to achieve them as much as anyone else is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, I feel a little bit of like a like a fraud, like you know, trying to hold oh, no, myself up as, as an ex- example. You're but, trying to regain some imbalance or regain your balance, I guess. <laughs> you did devote a yeah. lot of your time in the but, last few years, which is totally reasonable. Yeah, uh, but I mean. Um, I mean that's it. I, I do. I, I've I've done a lot more talks than I, than I've ever done, and uh, that's that's something that that's that has been going well for me right uh, right now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, just and just generally assume don't uh, take this attitude to everyone that you see. Um, you're essentially seeing the best of every. Like, that's what social media does to you. You see the best of everybody, and then mm-hmm. you compare yourself to them, and you'll be like, I'll never be them. Um, mm-hmm you don't see their weaknesses and when they fall off the radar, you don't even notice because you're, they're, they're taken mm-hmm. off by other people. Right. Um, I've definitely, I've definitely fallen off the radar for some people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's fine. Like I'm still, I'm still just trying to figure things out myself. Um, and I don't, I don't have everything uh, together and, and neither should you. Um, so, so I, I don't know. Just don't, don't, don't feel like that, that pressure. Um, I do think that uh, video and, and YouTube is, is actually, an underexplored um, venue compared to uh, blog posts and stuff like text mm-hmm. video. I feel like people are skewing a lot more to his video these days. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing I've doing I've been doing some some more video stuff. Um, nothing high quality again, but um, I feel like that's something I want to I want to get uh, invest more time into. Mm-hmm. Cool. I see. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, like uh, I I feel like right now um, I I feel like the most important thing is to keep true to what you really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's been about learning, but uh, at, like now that I have more learning under my belt, I also want to do get more doing done, like doing of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, uh, and so I've been transitioning into more of a builder phase. And, and essentially I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the process of, of redefining my role from uh, a lot of, uh, community outreach and and mm-hmm. content production into building more things, um, and I feel like that way I'll have more uh, sort of unique uh, ex- expertise um, mm-hmm. that I can build on. Um, so that's that's something that you want to consider as well. Like, what what are you really after? Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sounds like a very natural progression. Like you go from learning, and for your case, you was learning in public, and then now you're going through like a building or, um, yeah, building phase. Um, it's kind of like a different form of learning almost, but I feel like it's yeah. the nat- natural next step. You know, after you learn, you, you got to go do something with it. I actually recommend this talk by Ken C. Dodds. Uh, it's called, uh, I think, Accelerating Your Career. Um, okay. It's, it's his, uh, it's it's at the bottom of the Learning Public blog post. There's a bunch of, of good talks that I link to there. Uh, but mm. th- this one from Ken C. Dodds is essentially how he within four years of graduating from college, uh, you know, went to the top of the Angular world and then and then changed from Angular to React and then went to the top of the React world, like how, how to be him. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this whole thing is, 
there's three steps, which is learn, build, and teach. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I feel like, you know, everything I've done so far has been on the learning side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in building and teaching, but not, not mm-hmm. that much. Um, but if you want to, if you want to go deeper into the learn, build and teach, uh, philosophy, go check out that talk. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a couple more questions. So, uh, one sure. of them is kind of unique to what, what we usually ask our guests, which is, um, I feel like it's kind of a fun thought exercise for, for our guests. So now that you've were, um, now that you are very active on Twitter and you're super active on Reddit, you monitor the subreddit and you put out a lot of content on, um, you know, teaching people how to do this and that. And now you're learning um, type. Sorry, I'm blanking on the word. TypeScript. Type, TypeScript. Thank you. So what do you think you could do uh, next? You know, are you do you think like what was your next thing that you could you think you could branch into? Oh, geez. Um, so <laughs> uh, this is like my not so secret uh, ultimate grandmaster evil plan, uh, <laughs> which is, uh, do you know what Ruby and Rails is? Yeah, yes. Uh, Angela, Angela, Angela knows. I don't know about Dana. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to make Ruby and Rails for JavaScript. Uh, oh. Ruby and Rails is probably the most valuable piece of open source software ever uh, because it is the basis for everything the whole generation of startups from Airbnb to Twitter to like, mm-hmm. everyone's built on Green Rails. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, that doesn't exist for JavaScript and I kind of want to make that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is probably a multi, multi-year thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the part of the, the journey of getting there is um, going from React to TypeScript to GraphQL. Um, and uh, the last piece of it is design systems. Uh, all which are together, I call them the star star stack. Uh, and I actually wrote an article about this mm. uh, on CSS tricks uh, about star apps and I've, and how uh, most companies are, are sort of eventually finding their way towards this this kind of setup for their uh, application uh, stack. Mm. Um, and so becoming essentially like first of all studying that and and brushing up on what I don't know, um, and then eventually building out solutions and tooling for that uh, and mm-hmm. becoming uh, a leader in that space, uh, I feel like is is uh, probably my, my, my next goal. Mm. That sounds awesome. Wow. I'm excited yeah. to see that. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, you'll be it, sharing your progress. It, it doesn't <laughs> exist yet, but yes. Yeah. Uh, but you'll, you'll see some, you'll see some uh, posts about it for sure. Great. Nice. Great. And um, next question is, so you you mentioned that there are probably a lot of people in finance that want to switch to tech because tech is so oh, hot yeah. right now. What where do you think they could start besides like you know the route that you took? You did <coughs> camp and then you did boot camp. Are there other things? Hmm. Um, I mean, you could just self teach all the way. No, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, yeah. I mean, so so web development actually is probably. Uh, the most the noisiest uh discipline of uh software engineering but mm. actually there are a bunch of others like data science and inf- information security mm. uh, machine learning that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. so you absolutely don't have to choose web development you can choose data science which is uh, very similar to the n- time of number crunching that the finance people do um mm. 
the only problem is for for that uh, the it's harder to the the barrier to entry to the industry is harder because most people have PhDs. Yeah. Um, so if you want to do that, um, that's uh, there's probably a lot of um, academic learning to do, or you just have to get really lucky and, and get a break into the industry mm. somehow. Um, I I actually uh, am learning a little bit of machine learning on the side, but mm. uh, that's just so that I can work with these people more than um, doing it myself. Mm. Uh, but if you want, if, if if you're asking about other other ways to do it, um, uh, th- that's one way to do it. Uh, and uh, the the program that I recommend for that is is the Georgia Tech. Um, OMSCS, which is the online master's in computer science. Mm-hmm. So you can take any existing degree uh, at a master's in computer science on top um, and actually have uh, some basic uh, entry into that uh, data science field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, if you want, you can convert that into a PhD if, if, you, if you want to go down the research path. Um, but you don't have to. There are successful people in data science without that, um, but you probably will want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, I think that might be all our questions. Angela, do you have yeah. any more? So, um, um, Mr. the questions. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I understand that we are really way past our time. Yeah, we but... are actually. Oh, I yeah, enjoy sorry. this. And, so, and so you're on the East Coast as well, so it's pretty late yeah. for you. No, no, I'm a, I'm a night, I'm a night owl. But like, <laughs> like again, like part of, part of what this does for me, right? Like, is, is that like, I, I don't get, I don't get a, a lot of these opportunities to like answer questions from from people and, and the two of you are super earnest. Um, you're also super well organized with like all your questions and like your, uh, your scheduling of the call and everything. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying this and you know, I, I hope that uh, it helps you. I hope that it helps uh, people who might come across uh, this, this, uh, this podcast. And, and this is an ongoing conversation, you know, like, um, you know, if you, if you do this with me, like five, ten years from now, I'm sure I'll say, be saying uh, something new and different uh, by then. So uh, it's also a way for me to record what I think at this point in time, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh, in the future, me, I can go and laugh at how ignorant I was. <laughs> no, I think that's solely the idea that we hope to accomplish with, like you know, like just talking to people about their transitions. Because I think a lot of the times you think you know something is what you want. Once you get there, you realize that's oh, not quite what I want. Um, I guess. A little bit about myself I didn't share earlier is um, for a while I wanted to be a product manager and then I um, eventually made the transition. But then once I got there, I realized. Oh, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it also had a little bit of that. Oh, um, the startup company where the the C-suite people wanted to really still have control over a lot of things. So um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it was a little hard to really do what you should be doing as a product manager um, because I feel like it's such a it's a much more developed field now. Everybody's like, oh, you know, we want to be customer centric and, you know, focus on the users, blah, blah, blah. But that's not always what the C-levels people want. So like when you're working, kind of trying to, you know, like how do you balance both of them? And then I kind of, I think I had a hard time there doing it. And then at the time I felt like, oh, you know, like people are always saying, you don't need to know how to code to be a product manager. But then if I want to work as a product manager somewhere else, I feel like everybody is looking for people with technical experience. So that was kind of the time when I said, (coughs) you just take the chance and, you know, pursue coding and see how much I can learn. And then, you know, it's obviously a booming field as well. So that's kind of where I am and looking to find another opportunity so that I can work full time to kind of use what I learned. So I guess my last question I will ask for I guess people that are either considering bootcamp 
or maybe finished boot camp and still kind of looking for jobs like I am, um, what are some of your advice or tips, any suggestions on how people should navigate this post boot camp job search phase? Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So first of all, you're, it sounds like you're exactly on the path that I was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So that must have been really freaky for you to to hear about what I went through. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, so second of all, uh, do you want to be a PM or do you want to you want to do that? You know, that's a great question. I I think I'm still interested in a lot of the PM stuff. If I see articles on Medium and stuff, I still read them from time to time. But I also am interested in like actually doing things. Um, before I was a PM, I was in operations. So when you're in operations, you're always just about executing and doing things and like finding ways to do. You know, maybe more or less the same things, but better and faster, more efficient and something along those lines. So I feel like I am a doer at heart. So if you give me any opportunity to like do something, I think I'll just in general enjoy it. And I guess what I didn't enjoy about my last job was I couldn't really be a good product manager because I had no support. I had no resources. And yeah, so all of those combined. Yeah. Uh, Okay, cool. Um, Well, uh, you know, the the PM, the PM stuff is is. uh, I don't have any strong opinion there. It's 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 pretty much the same as before. You you went through your bootcamp, um, and then for the for the for the dev side, um, you know, I think I think you do have to keep uh, cont- continue to keep your technical practice up, like especially the <coughs> the coding interview stuff and and just building uh, projects that you can have on your portfolio and stuff, and and, mm-hmm. and and so so that you have something interesting to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Um, it's it's very much uh, who you know, like uh, making sure that people know that you're available for for a job and um, sitting down having coffee chats with with, uh, with individual uh, people in your network and and, mm-hmm. and just like kind of networking there because uh, a lot of uh, cold emails and and cold applications uh, just get thrown into the dustbin. So mm-hmm. um, your only real way is to have some some sort of sponsor um, from an existing employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I actually wrote a whole bunch of these this advice I think on my AMA. Uh, that's the this is the very first issue like uh, of the of of that AMA, which is um, what what to do after bootcamp. Uh, so mm-hmm. I have very long piece of advice that I'm summarizing I'm summarizing right now. Um, but essentially, uh, you want like the way the 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 thing that um, I focused on was um, so a lot of people will tell you like have this process of like apply to like a hundred companies a week and then it's mm-hmm. all about numbers and sooner or later you'll get in. And that's true, <laughs> but you probably get into something that you don't really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you win the battle, but you lose the war. Yeah. Um, and you really want to, you know, pick something long-term that you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, uh, so really what, what you're trying to do in these chats with people like coffee chats or whatever, it doesn't always have to be coffee, by the way, it can just be like walks and stuff. <laughs> But like, um, what you're really trying to do is like find a real authentic, um, heartfelt reason to be there, to 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 like that you want to work there, and then and so that when people ask you in an interview, you can just come up with these like really awesome answers that connect with your your personal life and your personal beliefs and, and values, and uh, it will just come off as like the most you know genuine thing in the world and then and, and, uh, people hire based on culture, culture fit as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like assuming you're a competent developer, um, you can learn most stuff on the job and, and you're going to learn most of your skills on the job. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you can't change is the culture fit. Mm-hmm. 
That's a great point. So, uh, so being able to, you, you know, trying to screen out that, that, you know, you know your, your uh, companies that don't fit your culture and then identify the companies that, that really do, um, that's something that uh, I would advise uh, going for. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I think uh, is, this is like a random t- interviewing tip, uh, which is, uh, b- again, like, uh, because you're a newer developer, um, you probably actually have more knowledge of the new stuff. Uh, because a lot of people are stuck to their old ways as as developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if at any time you see any opportunity to teach inside of your interview, do that. Um, mm-hmm. Because then that confidence that comes from teaching uh, will carry over into in, into that that really strong impression of you as a of you as a technical person, mm-hmm. even though you lack that overall experience because um, you don't know the history. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, because you're you're providing that value, you're proving that you can provide that value as a junior. Mm-hmm. How do you identify opportunities to do that in the interview setting? Because a lot of the times you go in there mm-hmm. and they ask you questions. So yeah, how do you? Yeah, so so again, I I, I haven't had that many uh, interview processes. Um, I only uh, interviewed with nine nine companies, and I with one of them. Um, the, the so this is this happened to me at Google um, when I was interviewing with them, um, and and this was. Uh, exactly, I was talking with this this guy who was like a heavy hardcore like C C plus plus developer, and he knew a little bit of JavaScript. But I obviously spent just spent the past like few past year or so like learning mm-hmm. JavaScript. So um, I was I was all up on like generators in in ES six, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, tell me more about those. Or, or I think. It wasn't, he, he wasn't that obvious. It was, it was just more like I was using generators to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he was like, that's, that's interesting. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with this syntax. Like this is mm-hmm. new. And I was, and I literally, I just like paused the whole thing. And I was like, let me teach you a little bit about that. Um, awesome. And that's something, and that's something like, it doesn't take that, that long, but right. uh, you know, it's, it's, it just shows that, that you can, you can add value, even though. Um, you don't have the same, you'll never have the same ex- level of experience as that person, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're providing value because you can passionately and knowledgeably talk about your little corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they can tell that you can take it from there to right. uh, everywhere else that you go. So, um, well, thank you I so actually much got a lot that. of mileage out of the generator stuff because most people don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Thank you. I guess we definitely want to know where can people find you, obviously, under, oh, yes. other than your website. Can you tell us about your handles on social media and where are you most active? And if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the most easiest platform? Yeah. Um, so the uh, easiest is Twitter. That's where uh, the two of you found me. Um, and I'm at Swix on Twitter, S-W-Y-X. Uh, and my website is Swix.io. Uh, that's all I do. I don't do any LinkedIn or anything else uh, because it's better to focus on on you know, a few different channels and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's enough interaction for the day. <laughs> cool. Can we ask you questions on Reddit? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I may not respond like right for away. A while. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we have a very beginner friendly thing on, on Reddit where it's mm-hmm. like a beginner, beginner's thread. Um, I jump in there every now and then I used, to, I used to run the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got some, two other people to do it for me now. Um, uh, not for me. They're doing it for the community. Um, mm-hmm. But but so so that that frees me up to do other stuff uh, mm-hmm. in, in other parts of the, the subreddit. Um, yeah. Cool. 
Cool. All right. That was very helpful. Yeah, thank Thanks you so, so much, much for your time. I understand it's getting a little yeah. late on your side, but um, if we do have any questions, because Dana's going to go back and um, edit some of these, um, the recordings. And then if we do have any other questions um, regarding maybe like some of the articles you mentioned, if we can find the links and stuff, can we reach out to you via email or Twitter? Maybe if that works best. Yeah, Twitter is probably easier. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't have to search through the rest of my email. To, to find it. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Let me know when this comes out. Yeah. Thank you. Do that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our episode, the best way to support us is to subscribe and rate our podcast. Stop by our blog and Instagram for more content. We're always looking to talk to people who have made the career change. So if you would like to share your story, please contact us at Work in progress blocks at gmail.com. Thank you.